Good morning and welcome to Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make New Haven tick. Nothing ticks better than Pundit Friday, which we're about to begin here in the WNHA studio with the number one pundits in the media universe right here in the studio, except for one of our usual great superstar pundits, Babs Rolls Ivy, is off this week's show. We have the Queen of Quippery and the Quintessence of Compassion. Norma Rodriguez Reyes, the publisher of La Voz Hispana. Buenos dias. We have the flyest news hunter-gatherer this side of Fleet Street. Happy Star Friday. New Haven independent reporter Marquisha Ricks. Happy Friday. We have WNHA station manager and heavy D Donald Trump devotee, including when he calls entire continents of brown people H. Uh, what do they call it? A-S-holes. I feel like if the AP um, can say it, we should say it too, but I don't think that We can, except for that. FCC doesn't let us, you know? Even the New York Times is saying it. Harry Droz! We have the bright light in the New Haven night, the straight Ooh. shooter from Bermuda, the mystical and metaphorical man on the money, the tackler of tempestuousness and titan of Get temperance, going, the banisher of bilious banksters and bacchanalians, the just-in-time judge of jackals and japery, the sentinel of serenity, sincerity, and salvation, the poobah yeah. of unparalleled political passion and perspicacity. Mm. The righteous reaper of restitution. The exalted expostulator of extemporaneous exegesis. The bossa nova mover and shaker. The griot of the grassy knoll. The conquistador of cussing criminals. The weaver of wellness and wisdom, mellifluous and meritocratic minor of melody. The plow driver of peace. The driver out of demons, discord, and dissonance. He's the optimizer of opulence and opportunity. The undertaker of unfiltered <laughs> utterance. Woo! The barbecuer of brain-dead bozos. The erudite earl of ergonomics. <laughs> the liberated lion of lucidity. Yeah. The maniacal monarch of mercy. <laughs> the alchemist yeah. of assonance and Woo! alliteration. Yeah. The zealous zapper <laughs> of xenophobia. <laughs> the sagacious sergeant you, sultan of swing. Yeah. Quintessential quipper of quotable oh quackery. The grandilo- the grandee of grandiloquence and gastronomics. Mm. The deacon of the dozens. The yeah. bodhisattva of battle rap. Yeah. The missionary of modesty. Mesmerizer of the masses. Yeah. The shaman of the shoreline. The potentate Woo. of 360 state. The recognized <laughs> ringleader of risque repartee. Oh, yeah, yeah. The wizard of wise guy waggery. Woo. The capo of casual oh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, first yeah, name in flame. Yeah. The daring don of dope deliberation. Yes, sir. The sultan of spit. West Indian whisper of wonk. Woo. The emperor of explosive exposition. Esteemed elucidator of rebonics. <laughs> Top tier <laughs> talent from Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, the yeah. dap tone deliverer of decency. Oh, the Woo. maximal Goodness. media maestro. Bodacious <laughs> bold faced barista of bop. Chessmaster at chill. Woo. Primo practitioner of pop. <laughs> Prestidigitation. Yes, yes, yes. The high priest of hip-hop, right reverend of rapture, <laughs> rainer raconteur of riffitude, sanctified slayer of the slow-witted <laughs> Joe Ugly of the You're Joe Ugly Show in the morning. Good morning, sir. This song is and about welcome you. to Pundit Friday. Oh, my gosh. That was great, Norma. I love oh every minute goodness. of that. that I miss doing that. I miss you doing it too. I might be able to do that someday, but in Spanish. (laughs) Oh, that would be fun. Okay, next time you give her your list and she'll translate it. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be a little pundit Friday. Marquisha Ricks, did you take the bus today? I did. I took the bus today too. It was raining, right? So I was going to walk and it started raining. So I said, gee, it's nice and warm outside. CT Transit has an app. 
so I can find out if I can catch a bus. Oh, Uh-oh, I'm getting the eye, the side eye from Markeisha. So I'm at a corner of and Yale Avenue and Edgewood, and I said, I'm going to call up my app that says whether a bus is coming. So it said, oh, in five you know minutes. that's not what the app says. <laughs> in five minutes, it told me a bus is going to come. So I'm standing there, and it's supposed to show you where the bus is right now, but I couldn't quite tell. But they said five minutes and start counting down. And five minutes came, and there was no bus. Mm-mm. So I said, ooh, did I miss it? I'm going to have to walk in the rain. And it looked, and then the app told me, there's not another bus coming for 40 minutes. I said, it's Pundit Friday. Ah. I can't just hang out there in the rain. I got to get into work. So I start walking. 30 seconds after I start working, the bus shows the up. The bus shows up, and I'm no longer at the bus stop. Uh. So I waved it down, and usually they're not allowed to stop. This really nice woman stops. She said, no, the car's around. I picked you up. I said, you know what it is? I believe this app. She said, oh, she starts laughing. She said, everyone's telling me about that app. It doesn't work. <laughs> and uh, and she picked me up. So I typed in. But you know what's interesting about this, Marquise and Joe and Norma and Harry? It took years of New Haven's lobbying before the state put in an app that you can have to find out because buses are always late. You have to figure, did I miss the bus? Or I should still wait for one. So after they came years after they promised it and after they gave it to all the other towns first just to stick it in New Haven's eye, then we all found out about this problem that when you wait for the bus, it kind of tells you it's coming and then if it's late, it disappears from the screen. They just tell you about the next bus so you don't know if it's late or if it's on its way. So they told me they fixed it. They had this whole crack team of investigators after New Haven Independent readers complained right. about it. And they said, well, there was this glitch and I forget the whole thing, but they said, we think we're going to be after, but that was months ago. Looks Correct. like they still haven't fixed it. Is there any hope for buses in New Haven to be decent, or are we just going to have to wait until driverless cars tap us in through artificial intelligence and find out we want one without us even saying so, and then Google shows up at our door and avoids harrowing car accidents and gets us there? Or if the state allows us the authority to have our own transit system. <laughs> the problem with this, I think the problem with that might be uh, would be um, scale. It's true people say the Bridgeport system works better, and we should look into that. Because in general, doesn't it make a lot of sense to have a statewide system since you really cross these town boundaries often when you're <coughs> taking a bus and that you can have one central system rather than a central system for each town city? But I guess there must be some reason Bridgeport's works well. Or you could have, I mean, look at, okay, so look at the, the bus systems for Washington, D.C., Maryland, or really the transit system in Virginia. They all actually have separate bus systems. But they worked it out under their authorities to coordinate together. Mm. So for the towns there where you have all these people who are all converging mostly on Washington, D.C. to work or in, in or going into any of the other states to work, they have a transit system where you can use one card, a smart trip card to get to, through to all three bus. Um, they have a circulator system that is really kind of what we want is something that goes around the city mm-hmm. as opposed right, to the, other parts, the roots are broken the and for some reason and it's, it's taken five years to figure so that out. So you can go yeah. from Georgetown, Washington, D.C., that neighborhood into Roslyn, Virginia for a buck. You, know, you can do that on H Street. Like you can do that. So like there's a way to do it mm-hmm. and it would probably be lucrative. For the, but somebody who cares about transit needs to be. Well, that's what I'm wondering about, Chris, because <laughs> I think what I'm hearing from you is the same kind of discussion we're hearing about other kinds of regional cooperation which is that you can have your local government entity but if you cooperate you can save costs through a compact i'm wondering if the more fundamental question is whether government cares about mass transit i mean it is amazing how many years we've now been complaining so is it that we need local bus companies or do we just need a department of transportation that isn't just the department of cars and pavement i don't think it's necessary that government don't care about mass transit i think it's where you are located i think that's what you just alluded to uh if it can work in I mean, it's pretty three good in, in Hartford states, even. you're looking yeah. at Virginia, Maryland, and, well, the district. It can work, inter, it could interact in those three districts, three areas. 
it can work anywhere else. We're talking about three different states, different. But uh, do we need the state government show to do it, or do no, we need we each of our My towns to is, have our own? Not, no, I, I think I'm it following can be the question that effort, you ask yeah. of does government uh, does government want public transportation? And yeah. I think it boils down oh, to where individuals where they want to put those. Where do governments see the priority? Like they see the priority yeah. in DC area and here they fast see, track. Like they do New in Britain to Hartford, Hartford. Yeah. yeah. They see it in Fairfield because you have people who will work in Fairfield. And is that just because the Democrats in charge believe no. that, that poor people in New Haven who comprise the majority of bus riders mm-hmm. are going to vote for them anyway so and they then, don't have to deliver it for them. They just have to deliver for the rich people to take the train in Fairfield County and the people who live in Hartford and work at the state capitol. And in the insurance industry that's still it's left there. Re- it's all a district. Or is it just remember that, that big study, though. Oh, because the ridership here is so high, we're subsidizing the places that don't have high exactly. ridership. In return for routes that make no sense and don't run at the exactly, times you need them. Exactly. And I, I honestly think that the transit system, at least for local municipalities that want to cooperate like it should be like it should come out of scrog maybe it should be a regional effort tell people scrog is south central um, region of, oh, of governments long, yeah and and that's essentially well, it's like kind of a, a, a nasty counting when you say it it kind of doesn't sound as no it sounds it's, like it might be something from a different industry <laughs> it's, it's it doesn't have a super sexy name yeah. or anything like that but like that's where they're having those meetings about other kinds of regional cooperation so maybe scrog to step up say so ct transit you just failed they should, and I don't. I don't know if they get to tell CT Transit that you guys don't get to do transit anymore because you're bad at it. And well, I know transit they want to be like they want to say we're good at it, but like the the re- the results. Is it only New Haven CT Transit? No, no CT statewide. Okay, CT, everywhere CT, but CT Transit is statewide. That's why CT Transit. That's what I thought. But, but so some municipalities know. have their own authority. Oh, that's Bridgeport what has. Norma's. When's the last time you took authority. a bus, Norma? <laughs> 1978. When God wants to humble me. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. See, I think the wow. bus is fun. I, ha- yeah. I, I have, like the I bus. have, I have taken I the bus. The bus and you fun. know, every time I take the bus, when I realize how that. privileged I am to have a car. Mm. Yeah, because Man. you know, when you have a car, you can get to a meeting within five minutes. And those five minutes, imagine walking those five minutes of driving. We actually actually do that. (laughs) So last night, last night, me and the squad, that's Michelle Turner and Babs Rawls Ivy, we were having dinner at Babs' house. And so I I left here late. I left her not late, but later after Mm -hmm. five o'clock. And so I'm looking for a bus to take me to Babs' house. Babs lives in the um, in the Beaver Hill neighborhood. There is no bus that really penetrates the Beaver Hill neighborhood. Except Actually, there the, are three. It goes right on up Street. There's the Goff Street bus, the Wheeler Either bus. way, if you're going to a bus. house in the neighborhood, you're going to oh, okay. have to walk. walk. Yeah, There's okay, no bus that saying. goes yeah. through the neighborhood. It goes a, like a, along right. the sides of the neighborhood. Right, the peripherals. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. the bus that I needed would, was the old Z bus. I think it's called maybe the 241 now or something. Is that the one Just on Goff Street? Just make up a number. That's okay. what they do. Yes, yeah. it, no, nobody knows. <laughs> so, and that would probably put me closest. I still would have had a nine or ten minute walk to Babs's house. No problem, right? But if I had taken the bus that I kept seeing, because no no Z bus ever came, even though whenever I don't need that oh, bus, because five o'clock the world ends up. according to CC Transit. According Absolutely. to CC Transit, New Haven's a city where nothing happens after five, after o'clock. five o'clock. Nobody comes home People and nobody get goes off. Yeah. Late, and that's like, incorrect. Exactly. That's, that's not totally the twenty first century. You're kidding, and, Joe. Yeah, you know that. No, no. <laughs> I know. I follow your side. You know what I, I want to make sure that people clearly understand. That's incorrect. And we know we're very much. Right. So Their whole bus system is based on people going to jobs from 730 to 330. And they think it's all over now. There's no nightlife and there's nobody going home. Okay. Work after. So what did you do? Marquisha? After so after my after after I'm getting off after five o'clock, I'm waiting and waiting for a bus. And I know what's about to happen. It's that pole system where all the buses come to the green at six or a little after six. 
Well, no bus that I need actually ever comes. So I end up taking an Uber. But the bus that I could have taken, the only one that looked like it would have gotten me there before seven o'clock wow. was a B bus, an old B bus, um, which would have gone straight up to Amity, um, the shopping center. And so, but I, if I take it that, have to get off on Whaley Avenue, I would have had to get off on Whaley wow, Avenue at Ella T. Grossel Boulevard. That's a shame. I would have had a 20 minute walk. 20 minute walk? It would have been yeah. a 20. That's and for me, maybe more like 16 minutes, because I walk pretty fast, but it's no on the See, now the answer there to me, like, I don't think you should go down side streets, but Ellagrassa Boulevard is not a side street. It just no, happens to go north, street. south, yeah. instead of west. Yeah. No, and that's the kind of routes they haven't changed. They have everything come from like Seymour to the green and miss everything in between. Right. Whereas Ellagrassa is a perfect example of an east-west route that could be done. So I took an Uber, but I'm taking now an Uber at a peak time, <clears> so it cost me 10 bucks. Oh my goodness, instead of a buck 75. But you know, and that's a privilege that like, you know, what Norma said, that's a privilege to be able to call an Uber when you need it. But, yeah. you know, if you don't have money to the do that, to do you it, have yeah. to wait until whenever the bus right. is going to come. And right. so you don't know how or you do know how late that's going to put you at getting home. Generally, it can take hours after generally some of Franco going to work. Generally, so Franco is still dead and CT transit bus system is still broken. Yep. And you're still listening to Pundit Friday <laughs> and WNHHFM, your home for community radio at 103.5 live streamed. Paul, I wanted to comment about two things that went on in there. First, you look at an app and you're one minute late and you decide to walk. That's not having patience. No, no, not one minute late. They told me there'd be no other bus for another yeah, half hour. You can wait for 40 minutes. What they do, the problem, Norma, is if you think a bus is, they tell you a bus is coming in three minutes. They tell you a bus is coming one minute. Then as soon as the scheduled time arrives when the bus should be there, if the bus isn't there, it tells you the bus no longer exists. So you don't know. Did I miss my bus and it's not going to come? Usually it says another hour. So usually, did I just miss my bus so it's going to be another hour so I have to walk? And or is the, the bus coming in one minute? So what happened, of course I would have waited it if it said later. if it's another five or ten minutes. Mm -hmm. But if they tell me it's another half hour, an hour, I'm going to be late. But the question so that's back where, in the that's old where the, days, that's people would have waited. They no, 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 but Norma, the problem is that minutes. the whole point of the app well, is supposed to tell you to whether no, your bus is late or not <clears throat> and if it's still coming. But Paul, the, bus, the app is fundamentally not working for that reason. Okay, but how exactly is this app supposed to work? It's supposed it to should know track the bus. The bu <laughs> yeah, the, matter of fact, so every if it was still tracking the bus, the third world does this, It would still tell you that that bus is coming, but now that bus is a minute late. Just like... Just like the train system. The train says, train on time. Yeah, but the train, train is late. on a, Yeah, no, the train is on a trip track, you know. It, no, but we have, some, but show, we have something called GPS. <laughs> it's yeah. called GPS. This is called GPS. They just put it in yeah, the bus why, and it tells you where the bus but is. But you said it's 30 seconds off. That could be a block away. It's that's not 30 seconds off. It's not 30 seconds off. Once it's, it's late, it tells it you it doesn't exist anymore. So it disappears. I understand what you're saying, guys. But what I am trying to say, technology is not as far as advanced as you think it is. Because GPS... If, but it is. Every, every not here in New Haven. It's not Joe, I talked to CT Transit. They told me, yes, it is. Of course, GPS can track this. We had a problem when the information was being routed through our general computer system, which isn't local, and it was dropping the feed. They okay. say it's very All simple. Saying, Technology has a feed that can do that. I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, look, I ended up, I was in Europe. I ended up in Lissenheim, which is the smallest country ever in Europe. It's the smallest country. What? The GPS sent me into this area, sent me 15 miles off my range from where it should have been. That's just how GPS works. Where on one end it says, you go here, you turn right there. 
They make mistakes. That's all I'm saying. But this is more. This is a mistake, though. They know it. Like it's not something they don't know. Okay. Chance that I tried. But you know the other point that I wanted to bring up. We don't even want you to defend on us. We're wrong. He flagged. This is a Ganem situation here. He flagged the bus, and the bus stopped for Paul Bass. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know who I was. But wait a minute. It stopped regardless. Okay, it Norma. stopped for him. Would it have stopped for you? Yes. No. Or maybe not a bus stop. I would say 50-50 because it <laughs> has, and then the bus driver admonishes you and says, that's yeah. not a bus stop. Usually for me, they don't stop. <laughs> but they Usually stop. they don't stop because, and they shouldn't. I'm just bothered. Because, I know. But usually they don't stop because they're in the middle of traffic and they say you have to go to the bus okay, stop. Taking notes from Harry. This Jones. was a case where it was a wide road and there wasn't a single other car, and she was very sweet. But, oh, okay. uh but, okay. but, but they, she broke the, she stop. broke policy Shh, company policy <laughs> she's like company policies was broken but you know you know what they say isn't broken but could be a lot better a place where the bus goes <laughs> long wharf oh, oh gosh now long wharf got filled in about two generations ago three have a say you count generations middle of 20th century we filled in long wharf and it became a uh, whole area with shipping and they have a theater there and some uh, factories that got smaller and there we imagine what could long wharf be and marquis had a had a fun time, wrote a good story this week. Yeah. She went to some place where we've hired some dream team that got paid two billion dollars to redo parts of Washington or something. We're not giving them two billion dollars to be clear about that. <laughs> but they, they're drawing up a plan with the public. <laughs> we got for it. How long earth could be different? Because people always say we could have a long earth be a more vibrant place as a gateway of the city. Yeah, what, the did, what, did you, what did you see that <laughs> kind of interests you? Oh yeah, the mall that never <laughs> happened. Yeah, thank was God. There, there was, was there a plan for a mall out there? And it got oh, killed yeah. with, with the help of the New that Haven advocate. That <laughs> got killed. <laughs> And they're going to do all this corporate welfare for it too, and that was going to go out of business in twenty years. But but people getting paid on the table. They forced the builder to have to take a local builder, gave a lot of money to the former mayor's reelection. It was that Ooh. all that dirty skanky oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. But you saw <laughs> some stuff that you found more inspiring about what they might do at Long Wharf. Yeah, Pisa. so they talked, you know, about things like um, making the harbor. A, a more viable place, like a place where people can actually go and use it, where bigger ships can come in, but where people can also do recreational things about filling in. Oh, he's already shaking his head. That's sad. Um, and about, you know how much surface parking and asphalt is out there like using. So we, we need like stormwater resiliency and things like that. So something that's not even unique. People have been doing this since forever. Olmstead did it in, in Boston and even here in, in Haven which is create like stormwater parks to absorb floodwaters and things, right. but also to create a nice aesthetic. So weaving that in and around all of those buildings that are mm -hmm. out there. Um, also, um, you know, creating. Well, what is a stormwater park? A stormwater park is just essentially a park and green Santa space, Antonio but that can one. take yeah. floodwaters. Absorbs the water. right. it can absorb so like a big version of what's that thing we're calling, we're building all over town, those little. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first. You know those part. little things are building those catch bases. No, those are those are no, bioswales. No. Right, so this those is like are, a big bioswale. It's sort of like a big bioswale. No, but yeah. actually, they run them like canals too. They where they go back into the, they could run them like a canal where it's literally they could make it into a, a good scenic. Uh, yes, that's the idea. Right. And you know how you love to ride the Farmington Canal, right. like it would hook into something like that. Exactly. So now you can ride through this park to show the it biker. Eat. Joe the biker. Joe the biker is not up for these. This high rise, this not even high rise. This the waterfront development. Why? Well, well, many reasons. Well, let's look at the, the the eco factor of it because now I lived out on the shoreline, and I'll tell you what it's like when you have a storm that comes in. We have to take into consideration, and I'm start. I can't believe these words are even leaving my mouth, but maybe it's because I grew up and understand now the dangers. Of us consistently building up waterfront. With rising, um, we with rising, rising sea, sea levels, levels, it's yeah. going to start hitting us and hitting us hard. 
and it's going to be a massive toll of life. It's all great in 2017, 2018. It's all great in 2020, probably. Who knows what it's going to be in 2040? Or 2021. Exactly. Stuff's happening fast. It, it, it's happening faster and faster. But it, I'm, I'm even willing to push it out for 22 years. You never know where this thing is going to be. Well, you know, John, that's a very good point. When they're talking about Long Wharf, they're not talking about just at the shoreline, although it's all kind of at low level, Correct. sea level. Oh, Babs says she can hear us loud and clear in Hamden. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, hi, Babs. So part of that district, they're considering not just the food terminal on the other side of the highway, but also Sports Haven. Which is kind of decline that yeah, big they kind of OTB partner, big lot. So Matthew and Emerson, the economic development minister, was, was quoted saying, "We should rethink the use of food terminal and sports haven." And people worry about gentrification, vampires are just saying stuff that works. One commenter said, "Are we just trying to kick out stuff that works? That food terminal's been there for so long, where people bring in ship goods, produce, and meat, and people then get the local retailers to get it." I'm go- and he's not saying, though, that to get rid of the food terminal, He's though. saying add to the food terminal yeah. other uses. Like, yeah. I mean, he'd like to see housing to maybe near Ikea. And then, but he's all, and but the, sports the, haven, they are talking about, could there be a new use for that place? And some so people I'm not are sure saying amphitheater well. or something like that. So. What kind of amphitheater would you like to see on Long Wharf? Um, I, some type of, you know, I think the, the designers were talking about things like how Sydney has that water, that, I don't know, what is that thing called that's out in yes, their waterfront? That, uh, is it an amphitheater the, of some sort? Yeah, so it's they're like, get more things in the water to attract more people to what the water. What do you show? Would it be like a Mrs. Aquarium with an aquatic theme? No, or no, would it be no. movies? No. It could have like performance symphonies. It could have... Uh, Ballet, oh, whatever. Oh, that kind like, of theater. So yeah. not a movie theater. But, but, no, you know, no, no, no. no. But, but, but here's my other, you know, I have some points. First was the eco. The second one that I'm concerned about is... That you. The separation of the city. This city could easily become uh, two cities, you know, a city within a city. And I won't, I would really hate to see that. The only connector you have is Church Street South or Water Street. And guess what's going to happen after a while? That's going to be a gated community. Yeah. That's, you know. So the city has addressed that, but I don't know if they're going to get anywhere with it. They, they kept trying to push the state to build a pedestrian bridge over the railroad tracks. Ain't going to happen. All it takes is to make that a gated community. And look, look at South uh, South Stanford. I go down over by the railroad station. Now it's a total different place than what it was 10, 15 years ago. You don't even feel comfortable riding through in the sense that you felt uncomfortable before, maybe because you were wondering hmm, what might happen here. Now you're wondering like, ooh, what might happen here? Like a cop might shoot me because I'm too dark in this community now. They, you know, I don't want to see this New Haven getting into this. I like how we are right now with downtown it's a very, a I walk around downtown point. and you see, it is a great focal point. I would hate to see that New Haven end up like Colleen, Texas, where when I was there in the 80s, there was Colleen and it was a nice building to this nice town. And then all of a sudden there's new Colleen and it's, it's a total. But is it either part. or? Can't you have set more than and one I'm district in town? What would you do to make it different? Because oh, the railroad of the tracks. railroad tracks, it's physically impossible to make it one. So now we have a good, we've built up, and I give a lot of kudos to Heart Administration because they've really built up the vending operation. Too, but I'll let you go. On the, okay, on the Long Wharf. <laughs> so that's an example of something you don't need that can be in addition downtown. It's not an either or. You have so many cars that go by in 95 and get on off the highway that those food trucks are popular. Plus, you still yeah, have people who work right near there. But they've built oh, yeah, that right. up. They built that up urban renewal food truck removal are you kidding me <laughs> yeah so They're what's going to happen to them that that, that was my whole concern Absolutely. because they have spent already quite a few monies um in the infrastructure 
They have. For those like, uh, lights and yeah. Yeah. yeah, but when you're spending billions now, that now those it's time to remove them. Like, then where do like, you remove them to? So my question is, where are these voices who are <laughs> like, we don't like those ideas? What would you put instead? Because yeah. Long Wharf, as it is. Is as it is, and it's not an attractive place. Especially it's the park, underused. which is public access. Exactly, yeah. and so there's a public access issue. Now the reality is, oh, they talked is, about a ferry. That was a good they idea. About a, oh, they already they got talked it about a water water ferry. ferry. Yeah, to go where? To go to the beach because it takes to too. Go, if you if you oh, okay, if you don't have access right. to the you know if and if you go out there now if you drive out there you have to pay to park right and if you don't have a car it takes you a thousand years. Joe, to get are out you there. against the ferry? He's not. No, you, I'm not you weren't against, against the ferry. No, they also you know why he's for a ferry but nothing else. The real too. reason Joe Joe doesn't care about global warming. He doesn't care about all those stuff. He cares that from his view. At 360 oh, State, where he's on, the, he's on the 90th oh. floor, and that, he's worried that if another something cousin. comes up as you high, if they build up as high, you won't be able to see the water. Well, you Great could just, example. okay, that Great would be a good example. time for you to move this, this, closer this. to the water so you can see. Yeah, so I could, yeah, be in the midst of some serious high tides. That's what we're talking about. Well, you're going to live on the thousandth floor, so <laughs> what difference does it make? The water's not going to come up that high. You know i got to go downstairs sooner or later. But You'll just get on the helicopter and leave. I mean, come on. But look at this. I have people visiting in our apartment, and... We were looking out the window, and it's like one of the first things came out of their mouth was, that's so awesome to see that highway is right there. You could go. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they plan on blocking my highway. <laughs> 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 because I'm talking about that 34 connector. That's such a beautiful view. <laughs> oh, God. Y'all don't hear me, though, even though I'm coming through. What, you don't want to look at the tops of other people's buildings? <laughs> well, I do. They just, you just don't want those it to be as cars, high as your view. No, no, no. Those cars going across just break up the whole building, building, N- building, 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 building tops. You know what? Talking about the ferry. I'm serious about that. Too, from Long Wharf <laughs> to the beach. Um, yes. I remember, and, and obviously, when you go to public, it's very difficult to visualize something when they're explaining to you what they're going to be doing. Right. A lot of common people, unless they're engineers or they got degrees or whatever in planning, they just can't visualize. Mm-hmm. Many, I'm not talking about the, you know, the, the people that, that that's their forte. Just the common people, whenever they invite us to a, a, a meeting, a public meeting, because mm-hmm. this is what they're going to do. A lot of people can't visualize it until mm-hmm. they see it happening. And I remember the first time when I got on the bridge after how long, I don't remember how many years it took to build the bridge from um, Union Street to go over. I get on that bridge for the first time, and then it stops at Long Wharf. And I said to my goodness, myself, oh, my goodness, is that all there is? <laughs> I thought this bridge was going to take me all the way to, Ishu- to, right. to, to Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yeah. Never did right. I envision right that the bridge would end, just, that that's all there where it is. You end. know what I, don't un- what I don't understand when they, look, when they were looking at redoing this uh, 10, 10 exit, 10, uh, 10 year plan from 54 to 44 on I-95, I never understood why didn't they just put a tunnel for expressway. That's what John DeStefano had always pushed for, but it costs so I, much money, Joe. That's the thing about money. Long Wharf, money. one commenter asked. look at what's best for, you know, if we have so many great things in our country because people say, you know what, it's we worth can it do in it. the long run. Right, and John DeStefano's idea of the former you know? mayor was submerge that highway and, and reclaim if the waterfront. the whole thing, yeah. part of it. If you're going local, you don't yeah. need to go into tunnels. But if you're going to go from 
from uh, Brantford to to to, to uh, West Haven. Why uh, why do you tangle up the city? I mean, yeah. I, it, it yeah, makes but what's no going to happen to all our fish and our lobster and all that interesting stuff? What happened in Chesapeake Bay? It happened. What happened in Baltimore Harbor? These things they go. This Trump Lincoln Tunnel. They never That's funny. Away. It is money. You're right. We don't think broadly big anymore about that kind of public works projects. You know, Marquisha, one reader to your story said. You know, we're talking about all the stuff we want to build. The truth is there is no money from government yeah. coming anytime soon, although the Trump administration is pushing this sort of privatized infrastructure, oh, Lord, which would free up money. No. My concerns are <laughs> no. that then we're we're going to be, all public access will be to pay off big I, profits for these companies when they control the highways and the public lands. I give you Brazil. I have a friend, of, a very close friend of mine. Well, Chicago did, with the highway. We, uh, I, so I have a very close friend of mine go down to Brazil. They have the public highways. They have the private highways. Public highways, you better know where the potholes are. You or you, you're gonna tear up your car. Those are the publics. They don't take care of them. Private highway, nice and smooth and good. You go to work one morning, you pay two dollar toll. You come home in the evening, it could be four dollars because they decide to jack the price tag up. Oh, but that's congestion that's, pricing, which but, makes sense. But no, public but, wants to do that too. Yeah, but they can. I'm with you on the private. Also, when they privatized parking, they showed in it, Chicago, they started charging three, four times what people otherwise would pay course, for parking. Yeah. Of course, especially when you have it's giving away public when you goods. Have corporations to who have who who have stockholders that they they have to adhere to. Guess what they're gonna do. But you know, public is still the people. Radio is still the people's radio at <laughs> WNHHFM, which you're listening to at 103.5 or lodgedinindependent.org. <laughs> We're the people's radio station, not for profit, and you're listening to Ooh, Pundit the Friday. Radio station. I love That's that. Right. That's got to be the new one. Gotta With the best that. pundit people around, Nora Rodriguez Reyes, Marquisha Ricks, Harry Dross, and uh, I think I know where Harry Dross is quiet today, Joe Ugly and Paul. So, <laughs> folks. Like he's wearing up for... To box, I don't, I don't know how you're going to defend that, Harry. But okay, <laughs> we'll give him a little more time. So, um, the big one of the big news stories this week is that um, people are thinking about when do you challenge people who are in office. So, a lot of the big challenges mm-hmm. happening within the Democratic Party, right? Because we're a Democratic city, mm-hmm. and um, this week we found out that Pat Dillon, who has mm-hmm. been a state representative for 34 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. is going to be challenged for her seat by someone who was not alive when she started. He's 29. Mm-hmm. And whose first job in politics was being her campaign manager. Mm, His name's Daryl Barkeen. He's an alder. Mm-hmm. And we're already getting passing feelings on both sides about this. Um, what do you folks think? Daryl Barkeen says democracy is good. You get more people challenged. I saw Pat Dillon at, uh, at your synagogue uh, in, the, in 2016, right after the election. That time when we were up there. And I just mentioned that we need new blood to come in. Oh, yes, Pat Dillon almost gave me a Speech and a half. I was like, uh, well, her point is that mentioning we need new blood. Part of the issue and we is need like people like yourself, Pat Dillon, who I think was a good representative or is a good representative. I think we need to groom people and then be able to step out the way. This is why the Democratic Party or most parties, period, we end up have stalemates because you have people who become lifelong politicians. And that, it's ridiculous that right. and that and that is and that is one argument. The other argument is that if you're going to, because Dale Perkins says I can get more money for New Haven, I think we have to fight harder with payments, and with taxes, those kind of reimbursements. The other argument is that Tony Harp says, "Well, I don't see why I need to change." Pat Dillon's been there a long time, really knows the place, and she's in fact good at getting money for the revitalization, the commercial district in Westville Train for sinking houses. How to get money. Well, I think it's train just train someone how to get money. But how do you have a poll? I think it's just a learning job. curve, though, right? Like it's whenever you have a, a member who's been new, in a legislative, or when you've been in the legislative body a long time, they they have allies even across yeah. the aisle. They have people they right. can talk to, or enemies because of old or, relationships, or enemies. Because Joe's or point ch- is sort of like I think it's can a legitimate. I make my point, though? <laughs> well, you don't let me make mine. <laughs> you've been making your point for the last. 
conversation. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's it's yes, two ma'am. things though, you're right? And it's basically what you're trying it. to say, which is that you know somebody who's a senior member like that. Like the reality is, is Pat can get pockets of money in the budget when we're not supposed to get any money out of the budget. Yep. Train someone yes. how to start. Okay, and, that's, and, and that's the thing is, you don't train still someone not when they finished get elected. Making my point. Okay. So train someone either way, even if you train someone, that person still is going to have a learning curve of a couple of well, years before people, before people have or see them as Alex. Like, look, we have one new legislator in our delegation already. The question is of timing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, does the timing work? Like, you know, yes, he if, if Daryl Brockin were to become our next um, uh, member of the state legislature for that area. He would still like getting bills in this year, like is going to be problematic because it's a short year. So there aren't going to be that many bills run up the flag anyway. Right. So if he has a bill he's particularly interested in, mm-hmm. like he's going to need the support of the delegation. But if the delegation decides that's not the biggest, most important thing we need to get, like our power behind, mm-hmm. then he's going to have to wait a few years for whatever that thing is that he really wants to get done to get done. And that's how those bodies work. I understand. It takes a while to have. And then if we're going into a situation where the Republicans are going to have more power than the Democrats anyway, because they're going to have the numbers, our delegation might be powerful, but they won't be nearly as powerful because they won't be in the kinds of positions of leadership to have that kind of power. And he certainly might not have any leadership power as a legislator. And it'll be years before he has it. I'm not saying that's not a good idea. I'm just saying you have to be strategic about it. I think you both I'm are having. No, no. I think you both are articulating no, different no, points no, no, of view. No, no, no. Let Joe Paul, speak, please. Reclaiming so my can't... time. Reclaiming my <laughs> time. I must say I agree with what you're saying. I don't think what you're saying is false. I have no question of what you're saying is correct. However, God forbid, if someone who's in office for such a long time something happens to them, they can't function. They can't do the function anymore. Someone is going to have to step up and do this. That's and someone will. Look like, what happened with Johnny Martinez when he passed away. Candelaria came up to the plate. Somebody's going to step in. There's right? not going to be a shortage of people to run for office. We need to stop making this this fear tactic because oh, this person could get a better deal. This person could go in and get the deal. What if they drop there tomorrow? Well, you if, know, the if truth Pat is, Dylan drops dead tomorrow, 30 people are going to run for that yeah. seat. Boom, let's get these 30 people stopped. Almost <laughs> every alder that represents any of Westville is probably going to run for that let's seat. Get Norma, people. Norma. But, you know what? I guess there has to come a time when the legislators need to decide mm-hmm. when their time is up. And they never or, win. Or then we need to go into terms. Term limits. Term limits. Because it's not turning around. Right now, we just lost a seat. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, The state representative from Hamden, Crisco, Mm -hmm. how old was he? State senator. State senator. How old was he? He was old. He was in his 80s. Refused to get out. Yeah. And Logan beat him. Republican. A Republican... Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think you identified something here because this conversation we're having, and I do think there are really good arguments on both sides, is happening nationally and throughout Connecticut as well, where you have the baby boomers who don't step aside. However, and this whole term limit dispute is there are good arguments on both sides. As Marquisha says, you, there is an advantage to have someone who's experienced and know things work and has a whole set of exper- relationships to make things happen. As Joe says, you need new bloods who might get different relationships, might overcome some bad relationships the other person has or see things in a new way and bring new energy. And I think I see Norma, I think, put her finger on the answer, which is that part of responsible leadership involves grooming new talent and knowing when to step aside. And it's hard to step aside. That power uh, is too sweet. 
are you kidding me? That 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 power is unbelievable. I mean, to get someone to just. I mean, that's like trying to get me to shut up on these mics. Are you crazy? I'm a radio no, that's, guy. That's, but you know what? Hard to do. What I don't understand <laughs> also is, you know, we talk about um, age discrimination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, our keys. Jack Keys, the Jack judge. Key, Jack Keys, ju- judge of probate. probate. Mm-hmm. Okay. He would have had to step down next year mm-hmm. because, because of his age. How, mandatory retirement in mid-70s. How can they have mandatory retirement, retirement. in one area right. and not in all the others? You're, you're absolutely it makes, right. To I, me, I isn't that, that age discrimination, it mandatory is, retirement? And you, and you know what's amazing to me is these people want to be president now who will start their terms in 78 years old, 77, yeah. 79, and then when they, you figure to be responsible for your party, you want to be able to serve two terms, and I just don't see an 86-year-old being the president. And... But then, like Bernie Sanders saying, "Well, that's age discrimination." Well, Although Pat Dillon like says Jewish she feels she's also brothers the always big. say you get to live 120 in good health. Mm-hmm. Thank the, you. The, the centenarians health, are growing. Well, right. I, well, well, We're well, living let's longer. Look, let's look at it this way. I mean, look, age discrimination is totally wrong. What does Harry but, have to say? He's over there looking like he needs to say but, uh, Like the Chester cat. I know. Let me ask you a question. the beard. If you see a race. <laughs> <laughs> You finished, Joe? Yes, I'm finished. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, this is what I've learned today, right? Uh-oh. Norma's privileged, Hispanic privilege. She has a car. <laughs> That's not Hispanic privilege. That's privilege, man. Marquisha's privilege. I am. I have privilege. Uber privilege. <laughs> I am. Uber okay, privilege. Okay, Joe. But that's, Joe, diff- that's not black privilege, though. <laughs> Uber privilege. That's not black no, no. privilege, though. You ain't lying. Joe, Joe is an ageist. He hates old people. I love, what? I love old people. What is wrong with you? you and you His want them all kicked out of office. I don't think so. I think people who, I don't care if you're young or old. I think you leaving people in office for too long. What it creates, when they do leave, it creates a vacuum. We had it right here in New Haven. I hate to admit it, I, I agree with Joe. <laughs> 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 but, but here's the thing. When when you're talking about the person running against them wasn't even born, you've been in office too long. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic. Boom. So there's another kind of challenge, that kind of fire, a guy named Josh Elliott, we talked about a little bit last week, state so representative. And he's, he's 33 years old in his first term. He's he told younger than me. All God, his fellow no. Democrats up there have been there for a long time, said, you got to fill out my questionnaire. I want to know, are you going to go to the minimum tax, to, minimum wage, $50,000 an hour? Are you going to fight back any kind of cutbacks in labor pensions and health care? Are you going to go for legalizing marijuana? Because if you don't, I'm going to work with other people to primary you and kick you out. So some people uh, say, boy, what's this 33-year-old whippersnapper telling us? We might, we're might we barely controlling the legislature. We might lose it. we got to keep our conservative members in conservative districts. So what surprised me was Tony Harp, the mayor of New Haven, former state senator, was in the, I asked her about this this week on the radio. And normally Tony's argument is we need to be a big tent. So there's an area where this candidate happens to be pro-life, even though she's strongly pro-choice. But otherwise, the person embraces strong democratic values. Mm-hmm. That person should still be a Democrat. Uh-huh. But Correct. she said she feels, given the situation in Hartford now, when the biggest issue came up, which was the budget and affordable housing, the Democrats worked for for a generation to get affordable housing laws. So in the suburbs, they couldn't just on uh, on these sort of fake reasons get rid of affordable housing that might bring for people of color or poor people in their community. They overturned that this this year. They overturned that law, or you know, weakened it, uh-huh. and they got a Republican budget passed rather than a Democratic budget passed on core principles at stake because of defecting conservative Democrats. So she said, yes, bring on the purge, primary them, 
Yep. There's no point in having our majority if it's not really a majority when Did it she comes really down say to counts. Bring on the purge? I think I used the word purge. Oh, okay. She said I'm because for I like it. That line. Yeah, yeah. Bring on the purge. But she said she was purge. for the primary. She said that in this case, she feels like given the political situation and mm-hmm. given what was at stake in this last district, and she didn't name names. But people mm-hmm. like Lonnie right. Reed and then Gail Slashberg and Milford and Bradford like to look like liberals when it's easy and they Correct. get certain kind of votes from their base or money. But when it came down to what really counted, when it counted. Mm-hmm. They handed over the Republicans, Norma. Self-preservation is everything in life. You've got to make sure you get elected by the people that elected you. And if, and if you don't do that, then you're not going to be reelected into the into the position. So that's the argument for saying, let's say in Arizona, you want to have Democrats or in Western Pennsylvania when they voted to help make Bob Casey the senator. He's pro-life, but otherwise very um, progressive on economics. They say we need that big tent in the Democratic Party so they get elected. The other argument is that if you give up too many of your values over time, there's no point in having the majority and that you have to do the harder work that the way you preserve your job is by convincing voters to embrace a different politics. So if you agree, the argument is if you agree with the Republicans' basic ideas and you get elected by being a sort of pseudo-Republican, then it doesn't matter whether the majority or not on the big issues and that like you need a fit, like Obama was the first Democrat in generation to run a 50-state strategy in winning states like North Carolina where Democrats mm-hmm. weren't winning. By agreeing them to go for something else rather than saying we have to run good old white boys who are conservative to win that election. It's harder to do. People say it's worth more. The counter argument is that you get it from both sides. And the Tea Party changed the Republican Party in a way that a lot of former Republicans feel changed their core values, whether it's immigration, whether it's um, racial justice, whatever the issue. Did they change it? Trade, free trade. Did they really change it? Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, they feel enormous as president. Okay, now to those say used to be Democrat protectionism used to be a Democratic issue. Um, anti-immigrant sentiments used to be a Democratic issue generations ago. Yes, but we're talking about yeah, well, generations. Now they exactly. but now I mean, they become Republican since civil values. Rights, since the sixties, that has changed. Right, right, right. So, but, so those those values, you know, just follow the people, not the party, when it comes to that. But this far as this uh, this law change, uh, well, diluted here in the state of Connecticut, and why it's so what is so sad. I used to chair a board in, uh, out on the shoreline that had uh, affordable housing. I'll give them back to the, to the community best I can. I know how some people out there felt about having affordable housing in the community. I mean, it is disgusting when you hear the little dog whistles. Being so should blown. the Democratic Party challenge Democrats who play into that. Yes, they should. Housing. Yes, they should. They should be challenged. But here's here's the problem, Paul. Uh, Lonnie is uh, go, go, Lonnie Reed and not going to be challenged because she don't have anyone out there who's really. They, she's literally serving their interests. That's what I'm saying. She's. Are you saying she can't be beat? She's like, yeah, she's not going to be beat out there. I mean. We all live out in the park. She knows where it is. But so we're I all here on Pundit Friday, WNHH 103.5 FM live stream. The final minutes here about the news of the week. I'm sorry, Norma, you were about to jump in. No, no, I was just going to say that I don't necessarily believe that self-preservation is everything in life, but that's how they believe in order for them to get it reelected. But, and that goes back to also how long you've been in, the longer you are in office, the more oh, enemies yeah. you make. That's a good point. point. Some people might say that in this challenge. Yeah, and so therefore, um, if if you're 
if the people like you, if your voters like you, there's ways for you to persuade them to see things your way. Could people judge based on how wide their Wait, world is? Wait, are you talking is? about this thing called, was it leadership? <laughs> Do you think there's actually a role for leadership rather well, than self-preservation at any cost? I, sure I have a proposal, so. pundits, and tell me if you don't like this idea. I propose that we let Harry Jones, we time it, have the mic for a minute and a half, and that we don't respond. We just end the subject then. Because I want to bring up a subject that could have us just yelling at each other for the next 10 minutes. Oh, and it's not going to be that productive. The four of us obviously think this is so outrageous, Donald Trump's latest, and that there's like no way you can justify this deeply disgusting and and just going to be horrible oh, for the world. Don't, don't practice leading. it. Don't You're practice leading. it. Just I'm just wondering, do you think we can restrain ourselves? Knows what you're about yeah. to talk about. If yeah. we let Harry just spend an hour and a half defending uh, his oh, hero, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a minute and a half. If we let Harry spend a minute today. and a half defending his hero, do you think we can re- restrain ourselves? Yes, what do you think? Sure. Should we try yes, this? Uh, I'm yes, five but let's bring I... the blonde and blue eyes back to America. Okay. <laughs> so what we want to ask Harry to defend. No, okay, Harry, be, be, before you give him the mic. See, the question is, will you be able to? You know? no, 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 no. The, the, the question, before you give the mic, it, well, well, here's the deal. Let me just say this. I've worked with Harry. Harry's a good man. No question. I know where we his love heart Harry. is. Harry's a good so man. So I don't even think he's going to take a, a minute and a half. I think it might even take him 10 seconds. Okay. Harry Jost, the, the President of the United States, said that all of Africa is an S blank, blank, blank hole and that we should have Norwegians come to this country but not black people. Harry, how do you feel about that? Minute and a half. Don't miss point. All right. Um, Norma said the more time you spend in office, the more enemies, but also the more allies you get. So I don't always agree. There's always two sides to each coin. Now, Trump shouldn't have said that. It was ignorant for him to say it. But... <laughs> Here comes the butt. Relax. <laughs> um, he didn't say all of Africa, and that's wrong, Paul, for you to misquote I knew that. he was going to fix you. I was like, he's about oh, to fix you. Because he didn't. It was countries within Africa and <laughs> Haiti and um, El Salvador. He's fix you. You got to right? get it right. And all he was saying is, look, <laughs> you got the countdown? You want Joe to count down? Anyway, so if you... All he was saying is the guys who came in to offer him a deal that basically gave him 10% of the wall still kept um, the family migration, whatever. That. Right? So it, it kept everything. They gave him 10%. And, he, and they wanted to increase the people who came in through the lottery system with this stuff. Haiti, El Salvador. Ooh. An African country. So all he was saying is, listen, why don't we take it, take people who are going to come in merit based? And he had just met with the Norwegian prime minister. That's why Norway came, came up. Okay, but that's the reason. (laughs) We're going to let Harry Harry have the last word. Don't act like you're at the Board of Education. (laughs) Okay, so folks, we let Larry have the last word. It was very, very. Harry, Harry. Harry. We Harry, did not mention right. the biggest news story of the week. It was not the S hole. A new study has found that 99% of green turtles that are being born are female. There are no more male sea turtle, green sea turtles being born. The reason is because global climate change has warmed the oceans. And I didn't know this. 
The and the sex, males are weaker. The sex of a wow. sea turtle. The sex Whoa. of a sea turtle okay. is not is not determined at first after conception. It wow. respond that that development responds to the temperature in the water. So my feeling, when you can push a baby out of a hole the size of my a woman, feeling is if call the, me. this might be the ultimate answer. The climate change might be the ultimate needed response to the Me Too movement, and maybe climate change isn't so bad after all. Based on the sea turtles, any final thoughts? I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> final thought is you want male sea turtles? <laughs> yeah, we need we need males. We don't need now. males. Yes, we of do. course, males screw it up. Sea turtle. I don't want any male sea turtles bothering anybody else in the reef. <laughs> you know what? What if you want a Harvey Weinstein sea turtle? <laughs> well, Paul, Paul sometimes they broke that mold. Paul sometimes <laughs> is insane. He 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 <laughs> has so much. Gone off the rail. <laughs> Paul Paul has so rail. much. First, he has white guilt, right? <laughs> but he has so much of it that it, it's crept into being male, into his testicle. <laughs> and with that, we would like to thank you for joining us today on Pundit Friday on Dateline New Haven. You never know what you're going to hear. Thanks to the best pundits in the media universe. Norma Rodriguez-Reyes, Marquisha Ricks, Harry Dross. Coming back next week, our best pal, Babs Rolls Ivy. And the bright light in the New Haven night, the straight shooter from Bermuda, the mystical and metaphorical man on the money, the tackler of tempestuousness and titan of temperance, Joe Ugly. What? And stay tuned for Drive-By Headlines with Harry Dross and Joe Ugly. Folks, thanks for joining us. I'm Paul Bass. We're going to take it out. And this is your sea turtle, Paul Bass, saying we're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. Now, we know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight. Book it and fly free with us all weekend long at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio.